they scared me. I scared you. You get killed doing this. Just think positive. Well, how are we gonna get back up there? Don't worry about it. You're right. I got enough to worry about. Welcome to Karate Kid 3 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 3, three scary minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us today from Real Comic Heroes and Marvel Events Timeline, welcome back, Travis. Thanks for having me. Hello. Thank you. Hello there. Hello Hello there. Well, it is Easter, so um, uh, it's okay to quote Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I don't get it. (laughs) Oh, because he he looks... Obi-Jesus? He looks like Jesus. Oh, that's true. (laughs) People are listening to this in May going, what? Um, (laughs) uh, Travis, uh, this is your first minutes on Karate Kid Part 3. What is your history with this movie? This is the one I watched the most as a kid growing up. Uh, And it it was right in that sweet spot of part threes that came out around the same time because there was this, uh, Last Crusade, and um, Back to the Future 3. And the three of those are my favorite of their franchises. So wow, at least, especially growing up now, like I can appreciate... You know, Back to the Future one more than three now, and probably Raiders more than Last Crusade. But mm-hmm. the three, the, the trilogy of threes, there uh, always just will hold a special place for me growing up. So I was, gonna, I was trying to think if it was like a horse thing, but then there's no horses in. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Karate I always kind of felt like um, <laughs> trying to find a connection here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because uh, Raider or uh, Last Crusade and uh, Back to the Future Three both kind of feel like westerns almost because there is a yeah. lot of like horse you know in the desert kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, it might be a just a like that hype of like, oh man, how are they going to cl- uh, close this trilogy out? Like it's you know, and you know it's going to be good. Yeah, every time it's good. <laughs> every so, single time every time it, it has it has yet been proven wrong uh, especially so. the x-men franchise oh yeah oh yeah all oh, the, the last Godfather. stand yes yes uh, um well today we are talking about minutes 54 to 57 of the karate kid part three they begin with daniel getting a new girlfriend because uh jessica's not interested and end with uh daniel not having any worries about what he's doing um so we pick up where we left off on friday with daniel preparing to lower himself into devil's cauldron when jessica reminds him that the rope is his friend and then daniel surprises us all by telling jessica that in fact he's in love with the rope and that he's going steady with the rope so he's uh, didn't they have a reality <laughs> show about people who dated objects? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this roller coaster is my husband. That's, oh that sort yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I, I saw that one. Yeah, um, I heard about it. I didn't watch it, but anyways, Daniel belongs <laughs> on there. Now this actually, you know, I I'll, I'll pose this to our guest and Matt. You can obviously uh, probably talk about this for a long time because uh, it's really like a uh, hotly contested uh, debate. Who your favorite Karate Kid girlfriend is? Is it Ali? Is it Kumiko? Or is it the Rope? Uh, Travis, you want to take this one first? Um, I mean, Kumiko has has a lot of fine qualities, but. Fine. Rope like, is is <laughs> rope has fine strands. Finely braided. I mean, yes. Man. Hmm. 
Rope saves his life. I'll be interested to see in, in yeah. Cobra Kai if he's walking through a hardware store and just sees a rope and just starts getting like these tingling, you know, these, these warm, romantic, you know. Listen to feeling. your heart. <laughs> do, 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 do. Everybody remembers the little river band classic from this movie, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he did go into a hardware store in Cobra Kai once. He did. Um, but, uh, hmm. yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Um, oh, wait, there was that scene with uh, Miguel with the two ropes, right? Right. <laughs> so Was Daniel I mean, that, that scene? He, no, but that shoot just proves that Miguel's more of a ladies' man than, than Daniel. He, he can do two ropes. <laughs> um, okay, this joke has been uh, <laughs> squeezed as much as possible. Uh, so, uh Jessica gives Daniel some tips on how to use the rope, and Daniel starts to get into the swing of things. Uh, pun completely intended. Um, I have this a. Is, this is back in the day when two seventeen-year-olds could just go off on this uh, <laughs> completely dangerous adventure. No helmets, no uh, supervision mm. of any kind. Might never come back. Yeah, <laughs> might just wash away. You know, fall <laughs> to the bottom of this uh, hole and, and wash I mean, out to sea. But I mean, kids it toughened the toughened toughened us up back then, for right? Sure. That's true. Yeah, those of us who were, who survived were better for it, <laughs> and those of us that did not, you know, we, we always remember them. They <laughs> ended up on on milk cartons and <laughs> <laughs> the bottom of uh, devil's cauldrons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ralph Macchio has a quote here from the time uh, saying, "I hate to spoil it for audiences." But most of this was done on a special effects stage with front screen projection, where I'm 15 to 20 feet off the floor, but I look like I'm 300 feet off the side of a cliff. We did do some of it at the actual site. I did part of it, and the stunt double did the other part. You always make friends with the stunt double guy. Let them do the dangerous stuff. <laughs> yep. That's their job. So, so yeah. Uh, uh, so, I can see a connection here. Rope is to Daniel as stunt person is to Ralph. They're all, <laughs> all friends. Yeah. Unless um, you're Tom Cruise and then it's like F stunt, stunt people. <laughs> yes. Yes. But then I'm sure he's like, please tie me up with as many ropes as possible to keep me, you know, right. on the side of this plane. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't mind the composite nature of, of this whole sequence too much. You know, some mm. areas are much better than others when they kind of first start the actors start descending into the little pit, you know, I think it works pretty well Uh, later on when you get the water and stuff. I think that doesn't work as good, but right. Overall, I, you know, I think it's, it works pretty well. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think like what we're seeing this front screen projection as uh, he starts descending, um, and I swear a lot of those shots and, you know, when we get to the parts when they come back up to the top, it really feels like they're just kind of doing a little bit of an angle where, you know, it really is just a little hill. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably could just stand right up on it. They're at the edge of the parking lot. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At, at any point, do they do the Batman in this? Where they're just <sighs> walking on the floor and not, and then they turn the, the frame 90 degrees? No, I, I mean. so. Yeah, and, and if they did, I mean, honestly, I this was actually a question I had for later. I I, I came, I, I was thinking about Batman sixty six during this, and uh, you know, who would be like your ideal person Cameo. that would stick his head out of a 
out of like maybe a hole in the canyon. <laughs> like, hey, Daniel, <laughs> who's a, who's an icon of the late eighties? Hmm. <laughs> On television, like Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Hey, brother. It'll <laughs> <laughs> right, always right. be, you know, timeless and, and non problematic, right? Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, maybe like Michael J. Fox or Weird Al Yankovic. That would be great. <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, there actually is some a mention in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I found that there was some uh, repelling on site by Ralph and uh, uh, Robin Lively um, and mentioned that uh, they he then um, caught Poison Oak doing that and they had to shut down production for two weeks uh, so, so i'm like poison like, oak affect you that long i guess if <laughs> yeah because you you wouldn't want to spread it to everybody you can spread it to people oh yeah <laughs> oh i think it's just like uh i think so i, I don't know maybe i'm just making i came up with a wild conspiracy theory last week where uh you know i've been looking at Daniel's uh, fluctuating weight through this movie mm-hmm. and thought, oh, this is after he sw- was all swollen from the poison oak and this is before, you know. Um, ah, it's but... not contagious. Poison ivy, oak, and sumac, not contagious. Unless maybe you uh, have it on your clothes and people rub up against your clothes. <laughs> does it can – or no, it can't be spread from uh, – okay, yeah, so no. Hmm. Um, um, so – Let's talk about some mountain climbing uh, needs. Like we, we, Travis, you started talking about that. But like this is uh, rappelling, not climbing. There, you know, rappelling is actually descending. Uh, we need ropes. Uh, you need some anchors. Some people use uh, the natural environment, like trees or rocks. Some put bolts into the ground. We don't really see what they're anchored to at all. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's see. There's the. I, I, I looked this up. There's the descender, which is like a little break, um, a harness, a uh, oh, a, a safety backup in case the descender malfunctions, and then uh, helmet, gloves, boots, knee pads. They at least have gloves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I found out that uh, rappelling is actually known outside the U.S. as abseiling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Abseiling, um, <laughs> and everywhere I looked, it stressed how dangerous just rappelling is. Like twenty five percent of mountain climbing accidents are during the rappelling process, mm. and that you should actually be practicing this in a safe place before taking it out into the wild. Unlike you know Daniel, who seems to be doing this for the first time down the side of this cliff, yeah. <laughs> and and she might be doing it for her third time you know she's, <laughs> right. she's done it enough to get a photo taken and maybe a couple other times uh, yeah but never from this height although in that photo it really looks like the oh. side of something like yeah. you know it's the beginning of mission impossible Two. that mm-hmm. that area <laughs> yeah um now the actress herself said she had to learn how to repel for the role um while in the mountains, as well as off the side of the Warner Brothers Ranch building, I guess it must be where they were, uh, where they filmed uh, some of those uh, projection scenes. Uh, the other things I read: beginners must always go down feet first, facing the mountain, 
Uh, more experienced people can do it facing out, uh, not hanging on to anything but the rope. And then, of course, like you see in these uh, cool like military movies where they kind of go down head first. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and uh, you have to do do it just like Jessica says. You got to lean back into the harness, sit right into it, and keep your legs straight. Uh, which I just think, like I've never done any sort of mountain climbing or rappelling before, and just to trust like the the harness and the ropes and the descender and all that so much that you just put your weight onto it, leaning back into the abyss. <laughs> like yeah. that's got a lot be a lot of courage to do that. Have, have you guys done any sort of Rock climbing, mountain climbing, any of this stuff? Uh-huh. Oh, you have? Uh, not really. Yeah. I, I broke my leg in three places, remember? Oh, my God. I totally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Get well soon. No, <laughs> that was at an indoor bouldering place, which doesn't use ropes. That's right. Wow. Yeah. But I have, I have done the outdoor uh, climbing with the ropes. That's fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I would never, and I have never. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think I, it's like I, I, I think I'm at the point in my life now. I'm just like I've made it this far, without killing <laughs> myself by accident. So yeah. I don't want to take any chances. It was you my favorite. Chased up a mountain, so <laughs> it was right, my favorite right. form of exercise, really, because like I, exercise just I don't do it that often because it bores me. It's so repetitive, mm. and and then uh, like rock climbing and uh, bouldering indoors, it's like. The, the route setters set a problem for you to solve, basically. So every time you, you tackle a route, it's different. And it's always keeping your mind engaged and your body's moving in different ways. And uh, it's just like a fun puzzle to do with your body. So it's not boring at all. So it was like the only form of exercise that I really liked. And then I, and then I had an accident. And now I'm kind of like skittish about it. And I wish I wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it, it, it'd be a lot of fun if I was adventurous like that and i'm like i don't know if i'm bored i just like you know change the playlist i'm listening to or <laughs> any sort of exercising um matter of fact uh, i i've been doing a lot of exercise biking and i set up a screen in my room and just basically project these the side of a ro- somebody cycling down the side of a road so it kind of pretends that I, i'm pretending that i'm doing that rather than risking my life and going out in the traffic yeah. or something like that um and uh, yeah, finally, um, I wrote down a couple of myself, but any favorite uh, movies in which there's mountain climbing in it? I mean, you got to take Karate Kid Part 3 off the table, so you <laughs> cannot mention that. Uh, there are other ones. I'm not sure if you guys have any that you like. You think of, you know, mountain climbing movies. Do I mean, everyone's count? Everyone's favorite, uh, Vertical Limit. Yeah. <laughs> vertical Limit, yes. <laughs> Do uh, documentaries count? Yeah. Well, then, yeah, Free Solo is yeah, uh, that's, really good. And, that and was the, on my list. And the, <laughs> the Dawn Wall, I believe, is another one. Yeah. Oh, you're going to come to the Dawn Wall. <laughs> <laughs> no. Probably a different thing. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I I, definitely wrote down Free Solo. Like, that movie, like, your stomach is in your throat the entire time watching this yeah. guy do this crazy stuff. Especially Just, on the big screen. <laughs> yeah. Because the mountain, uh, the, like, the mountain just fills your entire vision, and it's just, you know, thousands yeah. of feet down. I would love to see that on the big screen, actually. I saw that on on, t- on TV. Excuse me. Mm. I saw that uh, Everest. I think it was just called Everest. A couple years ago, at Josh Brolin, oh, yeah. maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, it's about the 
team of people that basically all lost their lives on Everest. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a well-made movie. I don't. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I wrote down cliffhanger, of course, <laughs> for that opening uh, alone. I, well, it's I mean, pretty yeah, shocking at the time, too. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, the other one I had was Star Trek Five. I mean, because <laughs> that's yeah, everybody's yeah. favorite. Because uh, you know the, your your heroes in movies uh, can climb mountains uh, with no no need for any sort of assistance. Mm-hmm. Like, you said Ethan Hunt's impossible too. Yeah. <laughs> You're James Kirk's. Yeah, absolutely. If you're in your 60s, you can definitely <laughs> climb up. Um, and, and actually, yeah, I just wrote up my notes. Like, Googling mountain climbing movies made me realize there are, like, a bunch I want to see now, especially documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so back to the movie. Uh, Jessica starts to repel and almost immediately sends a basketball-sized boulder bouncing in Daniel's direction. <laughs> it looks like it really, like, it nails him in the leg, it looks like. Oh my god! It was convincing that it would sweep him off his feet enough to slam into the side of the this cliff face. Ah, uh, I that I mean, you can go two directions with that. I mean, that's not only romantic, but Jessica showed Daniel how to sweep the leg. Huh. <laughs> oh, hmm. Um, but it was yeah. the rope that was there to to really. Oh my god! Take care of oh. this story. Between these two, how this is this relationship is working out is just amazing. I, I, I'm so glad we've, we're calling attention to this. <laughs> um, yeah, and and in fact, Daniel uh, is having a hard time getting his balance back after this. So, um, yeah, I actually read online that the more it, what should really be happening here is the more experienced person is supposed to be going first, and the beginner is supposed to be following. Not I just like about that. <laughs> You're tethered. Go for it. I'll, I'll follow you. <laughs> well, the more experienced climber or repeller knows they don't want the, the dead weight of whoever's above them to come crashing into them. <laughs> That's you know. true. That's true. And also, like, if she's so experienced, how did she not see that, like, boulder that she slipped on? <laughs> she's not as um, experienced as she lets on. No, no, no. She's, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, there's a bit of action music provided by Bill Conti here. It's actually the longest track on the score. This is called Getting the Tree that was playing all underneath this. Um, so, yeah, Daniel gets himself together, and uh, Jessica starts to think that this isn't a great idea. Um, and he's like, you've done this kind of stuff before, right? And she's like, yeah, but not from this high. <laughs> he's oh, great. Great. <laughs> yeah. I, I really like, laughed. delayed his. reaction is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, uh, the height shouldn't make a difference. <laughs> that's if true. You, if you know what you're doing, it doesn't matter how high <laughs> it is. That's true. But, I mean, I don't know. You can probably walk on a balance beam just fine, but if you put it between two buildings, it might seem a little bit <laughs> more, I don't know, scary. I um, suppose. <laughs> so, yeah, Daniel's just like, we got to keep going. I've got no choice. I, I don't have a choice. Um yeah, Travis, this is your first time on here. What do you think? Does Daniel have a choice? Does What do you think of Daniel's plan here to get this bonsai? I, I Daniel completely believes he has no other options, but <laughs> being the impulsive youth that he is, you know, he should be in school right now. <laughs> you know? So, right. I mean, he's got options, but in the moment, no, he's too 
you know, headstrong to to delay and and think about his options. So. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh yeah, and then Jessica says that uh, Daniel scared her. <laughs> Just I love I scared you. Just a, another really funny reaction. Um, and I was just like, wow, this kid that was living in Newark in a more safe life in Newark, you know, a little over a year ago is now repelling down the, the, into the cauldron of the devil. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you got to do when you're the karate kid. Yeah. And then Jessica starts saying some more troubling things. Uh, she tells him, he's like, boy, you can get killed doing this. And she's like, just think positive. And then he says, how are we going to get back up there? And she says, don't worry about it. <laughs> what? She even said, oh, it looks like the tide's coming in down there. Uh, that thing probably is filling up or something like that. Um, and uh, strangely, Daniel just kind of goes along and she's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I got enough to worry about. It's <laughs> like, uh, I'm sorry. Being stuck on the side of a cliff uh, should probably be your biggest concern right now. <laughs> Not like, oh, the bonsai shop is going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, then Je Jessica loses sight of the tree. Daniel points it out. Uh, we kind of go into a side view of them descending. This is like the Batman shot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really weird that she asks where the tree is. Like, it, it for some reason, it feels like it's coming from, no from out of nowhere. She's just like, where's the tree? Like, we haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> it's still below you. you know? Right. Like so much of this dialogue seems to be just like they're filling space. Yeah. Just keep talking. Keep talking. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm surprised I didn't dig up a Ralph Macchio thing going, oh, yeah. The Actually, I didn't take my usual salary. It was kind of a words per minute kind of pay. Well. <laughs> and boy, I got yeah. paid. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, we go from a side view and then we go to an overhead and I think the overhead is the stunt doubles in the real place. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Daniel and Jessica finally reached the tree and Daniel takes a moment to think about how the tree got here. And he says, Mr. Miyagi must have looked like Spider-Man coming down here. And it's just like, here's Daniel again connecting Spider-Man to Miyagi. I, I don't know. Um, so... Uh, he just I, really wants like, him to cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> you should really dress up. Uh, and honestly, since this Spider-Man is mentioned, and we have this connection between Miyagi and Spider-Man, Travis, does this movie kind of count? Maybe could be featured on either of your podcasts, really? It, it should be in, in Spider-Man No Way Home, as far as I'm concerned. Oh this should God, be part yes. of the, uh, the multiverses coming together. Who would come through the portal? Well, <laughs> ideally, it would be, uh, you know, Miyagi, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they could, you know, give General Tark and Mr. Miyagi into uh, yeah. uh, No Way Home. I like, see what's wrong with this. <laughs> the portal opens, there's this short short guy in a Spider-Man, pulls, pulls the mask off, it's it's Pat Morita. But, but it's... then if you do that, you also have to pull Frank from It's Always Sunny when they... When he's in his Spider-Man uh, Halloween costume. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take your word for it. I haven't gotten there yet. But <laughs> um, and yeah, this is uh, this this uh, bonsai I found actually uh, even 
uh, more um, specific name for it. It's a Yamadori, uh, which I guess is a bonsai that's collected from the mountains. Yeah, that's just a general term for any bonsai that's, you know, found in nature. It's like when they go earlier in the movie, they kind of go foraging for bonsai. That's technically the Yamadori hunting. Yeah. So this Poaching. I think, I think this particular tree, I believe, is a, a juniper uh, pre, precumbens, which is one of my favorite mm. types of uh, bonsai to, to mess with. Yeah, we actually haven't brought up your affiliation with bonsai yet in this movie, at least. Um, how many do you have at this point? Uh, or just so, like you're just taking care of the one? or Well, so I think last time we talked, <laughs> might have been right at the start of my bonsai like journey. Right. Um, I think I may have had like five or six at that point. I had gotten up to around 30, maybe. Uh, hmm. over the course of the rest of that year. Um, and like you said, it's it's Easter now, so we're getting into spring, and we've been uh, kind of – I had overwintered most of them because they were out, outside trees. So, you know, I didn't want to bring them in the house because that wouldn't have been good for them. Um, hmm. So I'm, I, I lost several, uh, I guess, over the winter just – you know, there, there's so much research and so much information out there. It's really hard as a someone brand new to this. It's hard to know what to do with these trees over the winter. So some things just said, you know, just put them in a dark space. They will go dormant and then you get them back out in the spring. Um, so we, we put them um, in my wife's greenhouse, you know, kind of tucked them away. And it, they, you know, most of them doesn't look like uh survived so i've got a couple that did come into the house and um so i'll have some stuff to play with this spring and and everything but yeah uh, it's a learning process there's like i said there's so much information um but I'm, I'm more or less starting from scratch so oh wow yeah. oh that's sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all learning you know so yeah um the, what do you think of what uh, Daniel's doing here? How he's going down to uh, to uproot this uh, bonsai? It's it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> off. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what he's doing. I don't think is uh, like this. This this little tree should be able to survive this experience, no problem. Um, so I don't really see anything wrong with that necessarily. Uh, throwing it down into the salt water, you know. <laughs> and then something else happens to it after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, in theory, I mean, I, I think what he's – his plan, I think, is is sound. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he's – I don't know. When he pulls out uh, from the yellow bag the uh, the hoe – I think that's a hoe. No jokes, please. Um, uh I, I, and he starts to go to work around the soil. I, you know, I think about the, the, you know, the, the strong roots <laughs> that is bonsai tree that's been there for, uh, you know, from what we're hearing about it, it's been about, it's been there for like 40 years. Oh uh, yeah. He would have to, he would have had to brought out some much bigger tools. Um, wow. Something to cut the roots. Cause those roots would be going in and around rocks. It would be finding yeah. every little nook and, and crevices. It wants to stay on the side of this mountain. It's the only 
that's what it knows to do, you know. Mm. Uh, so he wouldn't be able to just dig it out like we see. Wow. But that's uh, movies. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, Danny Leva mentions that he uh, brought this all the way back from Okinawa. And I wanted to mention, Matt, here, at the mention of the word Okinawa, we should uh, break out the champagne glasses because this is officially – we are halfway done with this movie. Whoa. <laughs> so – It's gone by so quick. <laughs> I only have a big jug of water. <laughs> no champagne. Right, yeah. All right. Pull out the water bottle. It's hydrate, myself. boys. All right. <laughs> All right. As Daniel starts to dig up this beautiful, priceless bonsai tree, Jessica again worries that Mr. Miyagi might tell him to put it back. And Daniel <laughs> scoffs at the very notion that he doesn't know what his teacher really wants. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know. It's just like. Moments ago, Jessica was thinking positively. Like, let's think positively. And now it's like, oh, now we're gonna, now we're working against the plan again, Jessica. Like, you're either in this or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, what was it the uh, there was a mention of the shop somewhere, but I I, I did want to ask you actually before we wrap up uh, these minutes, uh, Travis, with your experience with the bonsais, have you ever considered opening a bonsai shop no like, absolutely not but like it if you haven't seriously considered it, like would it be like your dream and if it was a dream like what do you say like if i decided to kind of start it maybe in your name and like lease some building space <laughs> and hand it right like is there anybody that you would trust to make decisions for you without uh advising you first hmm. <laughs> Like I know, maybe like maybe not me. Child, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did he get that accomplished? How did he go into a real estate office and work out this deal? Oh, this movie. Uh, I guarantee Century Twenty One had to make some quotas that that yeah. month, and uh, they, were, they saw this kid walk in go, with a kid, handful yeah. of cash. This, this rube. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, and I'd like to. Uh, put my uh sensei's name on this uh, his name is mr miyagi <laughs> no yeah. first name nope just mr miyagi yeah let's just mr. pretend your name is miyagi and just kind of sign here <laughs> okay <laughs> um i do have a little bit of information on the the type of bonsai like the style that this is oh great um it's a uh it's kind of a mix between an informal upright which is also called a, a moyogi and a sorry cast- Miyagi, <laughs> no, almost. <laughs> and uh, it it also kind of has qualities of a cascade, or a uh, semi cascade. Sorry, hmm. and uh, the the informal upright, it kind of it's going up, but it, they tend to have that, that S shape that this one has. Um, which they will do in nature, but that's more more common, you know, if it's trained to grow that way. Right. Um, the semi cascade is sometimes found, uh, or more found in nature because they just kind of like, especially like this, that growing on the side of a mountain, it's just trying to is the wind and other factors will kind of push it away and, um, 
Yeah, I, I, we were talking about how uh, bonsais were valued uh, last week, and a lot of that, you know, you get that S shape developing in nature, you know, without any training, like that just brings up the value. I'm sure it means it's like less work, but also like just the beauty of nature, how the wind shaped yeah. this bonsai tree over years. Yeah. So cool. It seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. No, and it, it, it's very time consuming and, and it, it's slow, you know, you, you can't do, yeah. I'll, I'll get into a little bit more bonsai stuff later and in, in probably the third chunk, but. Okay. Well, uh, Daniel says uh, that there's nothing to worry about. Believe me, I know what I'm doing. And we're going to have to see if Daniel knows what he's doing on Wednesday when we come back. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for joining us, Travis. Uh, you want to come back on Wednesday to talk about three more Karate Kid three minutes? I do. <laughs> All right. How about you, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's like our right, halfway, halfway, halfway. Okay, just keep thinking. <laughs> Think positively. <laughs> Looking forward to that uh, Karate Kid 4. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, yeah, we have to make sure that our guest uh, does his plugs. Travis, do you want to let people know where to find you? Sure. Uh, Real Comic Heroes. That's real with two E's. Over there we do uh, movie reviews, uh, primarily comic book movie reviews. And then uh, you can also look up Real uh, you can also look up Marvel Events Timeline, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics starting in the 1930s with uh, Timely Comics. And we'll be moving towards the present. Would this save me a subscription to Marvel Unlimited? Um, it, I, I like to think of it as a, you know, it pairs well with a Marvel Unlimited <laughs> subscription. But hey, our podcast is free. So you yeah. have to pay, you know, for, for both. Cool. That's true. All right. Awesome. Everybody check those out. And until next time. I love this rope. <laughs> <laughs>